Hello, my name is Adam Rakim and I'm the host of uh, Adam and Everything. And this is just kind of a little disclaimer before I start the episode. So basically, when I was recording this uh, podcast that you're about to hear with Joanna Joseph, uh, I didn't realize, like, I don't know, I was sitting on the mic or putting it like too far away or something like that. But my audio is absolutely horrendous. Like, I almost didn't want to... Uh, like release this episode and to be fair to Joanna she's been super nice like she wanted to she offered to re-record re-record this whole one hour conversation all that and I was like nah I couldn't ask you to do that so I'm very very sorry like I have I mean I have standards like I don't want I, I don't want to put this nonsense out I mean and it's completely my fault obviously because it's my audio completely but uh I I didn't want to upload this nonsense, but at the same time, it's like I felt like it was a really good episode, and my audio gets sort of better as the episode progresses. So you're just gonna have to bear with me. So please, this is a disclaimer that I'm gonna sound like I swallowed my microphone uh, at at like the first ten minutes, but I'm gonna leave like sort of accurate timestamps in the description so you know like what i'm seeing if you're like what the hell but you know it's it's gonna be really bad and shout out to joanna she's she was so great in this episode and like luckily like she was just such a good guest that she had to hear this nonsense and it was totally cool with it i really didn't know that my audio was so fucked up but you know shout out to joanna you know you've been great and this episode is so great and her audio is 100 flawless so that's the important part so you don't even really need to give a fuck about what I'm gonna say, but it's just a question. So, yeah. So I hope the disclaimers kind of help you keep track of what I'm saying because it's so bad. But I'm very sorry again, and I promise I will either get a new microphone <laughs> or uh, properly check if my audio works next time. I'm very sorry. Let's get the episode rolling. Hello, my name is Adam Wasim. And this is another episode of Adam and Everything. Today, I'm joined with Miss Joanna Joseph. You want to say something? Hi, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Happy to thank be you. here. Thank you for being here, honestly. Okay, just before we get started, right? Like, before we get on into all the crazy stuff, I usually like to ask people that I interview or have conversations with just a warm-up question, which has nothing to do with, like, anything. Just random. It's just, get, it's just like an icebreaker, you know? Okay. So, Sure, go ahead. <laughs> the first question that I have to ask you, right, Ms. Joanna Joseph, is, is, let's say, okay, what would your last meal on earth be? So, for example, like, uh, you know, yeah, it's damn weird, but you know, prisoners, they get sent on death row, and on their last day before they get executed, they can eat whatever they want. So, mm-hmm. for you, what would that be? Wow, what a difficult question, being a Malaysian. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> So, okay, before um, you start, I'll give you my answer, just so you can think about yours. Um, so, this isn't necessarily what I would eat every day, nor is it, nor is it my favorite food. But, okay. you know, when you go to, like, uh, this barbecue restaurants where they serve, like, biscuit, mashed potatoes, mac and cheese, bun, and, like, apple pie and all that, I would have that. Because it's not necessarily my favorite food. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even eat it. I would probably eat, eat it, like, once a month only. But it was mm-hmm. my last day. I feel like it has everything you need. You know, okay. You got your fridge, you got your you know, mac and cheese and all, all that. Thing. So just 
that's my answer. Like, so yeah, what would you answer? Wow. Ask me on it. Honestly, right? Yeah. I think like for me, I would mm-hmm. just my favorite food, like something that I can go on eating like every day for me without missing mm-hmm. is tosa. <laughs> okay, okay. But yeah, like, favorite food compared to like last meal. You get what I'm trying to say? There's like a different, you know. Last like, meal, right? Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think bakute lah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that means after this, you're getting executed. Bakute will be your last meal. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you. I'll give you like uh one more room for dessert. So what would that be? So one, one more room. Dessert. Yeah, one name, the name of the so what would the room for room for dessert is for that? I think brownies and ice cream. Okay, perfect. Understand. <laughs> so bakute and bakute and brownies with ice cream. The last meal on earth. Okay, perfect. So now they were all that, that's such a weird combo, yeah. right? <laughs> no, I mean there's always room for dessert. There's always room for dessert. So yeah, again, now that we're all warmed up, now we can get into the real part of why I wanted to have this conversation with you. So, uh, according to your LinkedIn, which I'm not even sure if you use, I thought you are a model, actress, content creator, teacher, an advocate for body positivity, mental health, fitness, author. I could go on, CEO of Live to Inspire. <laughs> but in your own words, if you take away all these things, how would you define, how would you describe yourself to? How would I Somebody describe? Just yeah. Who is um, Joanna Joseph? If you take away all this, or if you, or if you just wanna include them, just fine. <laughs> I think I am someone who is very driven. Okay. Yeah, I when I want something, I basically go and get it, and I'll do anything to get it. Yeah. Nice, nice. And I think I'm a funny person, according to my friends, but I don't know. Okay. I I am just passionate about a lot of things and there's just so much I want to do in this world but okay. there's just not enough time. <laughs> I see. Alright, alright. Okay. Yeah. So driven, funny. Driven and funny. <laughs> you know? okay. Yeah. Okay, that's perfect because again, I feel like taking all these labels that I just named is sort of like part of your identity so it's I guess it's a bit unfair to for you to just not to not say all those things and you're describing yourself. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you So, okay. So before, obviously, there are many more things I want to talk about. But uh, I I saw in the in a video of you, you said that you grew up speaking English in an Indian household. Yeah. And that really caught my interest because for me, right, uh, I grew up in an English speaking household. I'm mixed, uh, Malay Indian. Okay. So. I don't speak Tamil at all. Okay. Um, I only I went to a primary school but I only spoke Malay. I only spoke English at home. But as I aged and I went to high school, uni and all that, I can still speak Malay obviously, but it's gonna sound super whitewashed, right? So yeah. Obviously among my Malay side, it's very easy for people for people to like ah put you know you call yourself <laughs> Malay Malay call yourself Malaysian and all that things and then when I because I don't particularly look I mean I'm mixed so obviously you're gonna look a bit different so when I yeah. talk to people I'm Indian too they're like hey you don't speak a word of Tamil I'm like 
no, no. So I kind of understand the difficulties of that. So talk to me about how that works for you. Can, can you speak Tamil now, by the way? Or I can, you... but it's like super broken uh, Tamil. I know. <laughs> okay, talk to me about how it was going out, like only being able to speak English. Yeah. I was always spoken to English when I was very young. I think like that's the mm-hmm. first language I ever knew. And yep. I never really like had anyone teach me any other language besides that because everyone at home was just English speaking, but they would only speak English to me for some reason. Um, but among themselves, they speak in Tamil. So it was a bit weird, like, you know. Mm. And my granddad was a school teacher. So he used to come to my house and teach me um, subjects every day. And this was way before school started, just to get me familiarized with the subjects early on. And somehow English was always the main subject. Lah. So I guess that is why I kind of like grew up well with English. And going to school was really difficult for me. Not only did I know how to speak only one language, but I was also plus-sized. So that was yep. an additional factor for people to start bullying me. But yep, yep, exactly. my first day of school was a nightmare. I, I just did not know how to communicate. And the teachers also had like such a difficult time trying to place me in a class because they didn't know if I could cope with only knowing one language. Mm-hmm. And I still remember something that happened on the first day of school. Um, do you know this thing called Namo Bising? Namo Bising? No, I don't know what that is. Yeah, so basically what happens is when you go to school, right, and then like you're all sitting in class, there'll be one person who's assigned to just keep an eye on the class and to see who's making noise. And if you make oh, noise... Oh, okay, okay. Right yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay. Understand, understand. Yeah, so that was what happened on the first day of school and I was sitting right in front. And I wasn't talking to anybody. I was just keeping really quiet because everyone was speaking a language I didn't understand. So it was really difficult for mm-hmm. me. And no, anyone, like nobody there spoke English at all. Understand, understand. Yeah, so I was just keeping quiet. And then like this Malay girl who was standing by the blackboard, she came up to me and she was like, um, Apa nama kau? And I just looked at her like damn blurry because I don't know anything, right? <laughs> and then she's like, yeah. your name, your name. Then she... Sh- pointed at my name tag so I just looked at it and I was like yeah Joanna so she actually wrote my name on the board and I was just there like okay why is my name going on the board you know like I didn't know anything and then the teacher came in and the next thing I know is she's yelling at me like she's she's just shouting at me and I'm so blurred yep It was awful and I kept wondering like, oh my God, what did I do? You know, like I, I didn't do anything. I was mm. just sitting quietly. So that was something very unforgettable. Lah. I think things that happen on your first day is normally things that you rarely forget, especially if it's bad. <laughs> yeah, I understand, I understand, I understand. So overall, it was just a, I, it's, it's no secret that school was a little tough or a lot, I guess. But, uh, yeah. you know, it, it's no secret that, I mean, your weight loss is, a section of your life maybe you wouldn't say it's like oh this defines me and that but it's still a rather it's still like something big in your life right yeah so why don't you talk to me about overall however you want to summarize it because there's so much i'm sure you this is like the hundred thousand times spoken about this just to me how would you describe your journey in terms of you know your weight loss and just your overall like how did you accept I need to make change? When did you realize that, oh, this is good? Just whatever you'd want to tell me about your 
weight loss journey. Yeah. Okay, so my weight loss journey, um, it it started for me back in like primary school. Since yeah. I couldn't speak like any languages properly except English, and right. also because I was plus size, um, a lot of teachers used to bully me in school. And these were teachers with like authority and guru discipline and you know, all this like mm. really scary ones. So a lot of kids used to watch them bully me in public for my weight and everything. Mm. And I think like children basically thought that it was okay for them to do the same as well because the teachers are doing it. So right. that became like a bullying factor. And you know, when you're in primary school, sometimes like your friends tend to call you names, right? Like each other, there's always like this name calling thing. And they used to call me names like uh, Bobby and then like, you know, um, you look like a cow, you know, and stuff like that. And I always thought it was something very normal because they used to do that to like everybody, including myself. And I just like brushed it aside. Like, you know, I just thought like, ah, this is just what children do. And when I came home and told my parents, they also like said the same thing. Yeah, like normal school bullying stuff. And then when I entered like secondary school, I think that's where it got worse for me. Um, I grew up being an introvert. Maybe it was because of all the bullying and everything. But I know that my nature is actually being an extrovert. It's just that because people used to bully so much, I became like really quiet. Understand, understand. Yeah, and when I went to secondary school, there was this whole paranoia and anxiety thing because you're going to a whole new environment, right? And all my friends were in different classes except me. Like I was the only one that was singled out into a different class. Okay. So it was super scary. And on the first day of school for secondary, I still remember somehow all my first days are really bad. Like I don't understand why. (laughs) I think it's like a curse or something. But on this particular first day, I remember going to the tapak for Himpunan and then we're all just sitting there listening to like the orientation thing. And as we get up to go to class, I still remember how my leg felt so numb and I had no control over it while standing up. So I mm-hmm. fell down back in front of everyone. I understand. Yeah. yeah, in front of the whole I understand. I understand. <laughs> it was so embarrassing and like nobody there helped me up, you know, like everyone literally just looked at me and started laughing. Mm-hmm. So that was like, the start of a horrible day really la and when I, okay. I just kind of knew deep down that oh man um things are gonna be different after this. <laughs> You're in for a wild one. Yeah. So I went up to class and like um I I didn't really make any friends despite trying to. Like all of them just gave me like really snarky looks and like remarks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. India in languages I also couldn't understand because there was also like Chinese girls in class. So Yeah, all, yeah. <laughs> you know like Really, like, that, like, before this, like, tak faham bahasa, right? In, like, primary yeah, school. Exactly. And then it's, like, back to square one again. So, I had no friends for a very long time until I met this one girl in class and she went through the same thing I did. And her name is Aslina and we became really close to each other and we still are until today. And okay. she was... Shout out Aslina. Yeah, Aslina. <laughs> so, she was bullied because she was plus size as well and also she was bullied for her skin color and somehow we just got along really well and it came to the point where like every day we would discuss with each other if we wanted to go to school or not because the bullying was so bad and if she went to school i would go to school if she didn't go to school i wouldn't go to school because i knew that i would have no one to talk to and stuff Mm. like that and this was going on for a while until it came to a point where 
I some I I don't know something just triggered me and I got really upset over something that happened in school or what something someone said and I told myself that I really wanted to lose weight to make a point yeah. for myself and also to prove everyone wrong and I spoke about this to my mom I still remember and she just laughed at me <laughs> saying that's never going to happen so I was like Wow, no one believe in me. I you know, that that really sad feeling because I was only 15 yeah. at the time. And mm. I spoke to my dad after that saying that I really want to take this seriously. I'm not joking because before that my dad tried to get me going to gym and then like every time after gym the next thing we would do is just come down and whack like two plates of nasi goreng. So there's no point like you know going yeah, to gym. Yeah, yeah. And my dad gave up on me. But this time when I came up to him again saying that I really genuinely wanted to try, he said, "Okay, fine." Um, tell me what you want me to do, and I'll try my best for you. So I said okay, and I started researching on the internet on like diets and this and that. And I started noting everything down on different sort of diets, what might suit me, and I started like a whole new routine, lah. You know, mm. and in that first one week was so difficult. I gave up. I nearly gave up so many times because my whole diet changed, and I started eating much smaller portions. So my body had such a difficult time trying to adapt to the massive change. Of course, of course, yeah. Yeah, and it was tough. But my dad was always there to motivate me, and I used to work out for the very first time properly at home because my dad said we couldn't afford to go to the gym anymore since I wasted all his money before this. <laughs> so. Yeah. He just bought me like dumbbells and a gym mat to use in the house, and he said, "Just utilize this this little things at home and see whether you can do something or not." And that's exactly what okay. I did. So I went on YouTube, and there are lots of like different workouts kind on YouTube that you can watch for free. And I just followed that whatever workouts they did on screen, and I did it for about maybe an hour or an hour and a okay. half every day. Okay. And my dad used to send me to the padang near my house for jogging, so I used to go for like four rounds every day. And this was like a, like it became like a daily routine. And within like six months to a year, I dropped from like a hundred and four kgs to fifty three kgs. Yeah, was, that's crazy. That's like half of you. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a massive change, and I I couldn't believe what I was seeing because I never thought it was possible. And I never even realized I was actually losing weight along the way because I was yeah just yeah yep yep can mm-hmm. and then I lost the weight and during this whole period of me like working out and stuff like that I used to just stay at home though sometimes because I didn't want to go to school and get bullied and my dad was supportive for that for that reason and he spoke to the mm-hmm. school and the school was also okay with it and they said as long as my grades don't slip I'll be fine so mm-hmm. my grades didn't slip and I did well in school so they were pretty lenient with me and. Staying at home really helped me focus much more because in school when you're getting bullied, you tend to like always lose focus, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, and my friends used to help me out with homework sometimes, so they just pass me whatever homeworks in class, and I just do it from home. So this was the routine. I used to go to school like only once or twice a week when I was in high school because it was just so bad. And when I came back to school again properly, like regularly after a very long time, everyone got such a shock because I looked like an entirely different person. And yeah. people started like, even the teachers as well started gossiping, saying, "Oh, she must have gone for like you know liposuction, <laughs> and mm. she must have taken drugs to lose weight." And all these rumors mm. were just going around, and I was just so upset because I knew how hard I worked for this. But yep. later on, I sort of realized that 
people are always gonna like you know say things but in the end of the day those yes, people, yes, 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 right yes, those yes, who yes. you're surrounded by knows you the best and you know yourself better so noise just does not matter lah. <laughs> yeah I think I think um, a perfect way to like summarize what you just said is that you just can't satisfy everybody like there's no winning if you're trying to satisfy everybody because like you True. said when you were before your transformation you were like everybody's making fun of you bullying etc etc and then once you're like okay i'm gonna change that and then now people are like oh you're a drug addict you know so yeah it's a it's a it's a perfect way to summarize it that you just can't satisfy everybody and you just have to do it um for yourself yes it's, exactly it's, 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 it's perfect that you said that because that's what like i wanted to ask you but um you say you know six months to one year that mm-hmm. is uh somewhat a pretty quick time to lose weight right that, to, uh, yeah to, uh, to lose that weight yeah but did you ever uh hit a plateau did you ever like oh my god uh fall off the wagon like talk to me about because going because you have said that you tried starting you didn't work out and all that so yeah was the next time you started just instantly like i'm gonna stick to it one year straight no off days or talk to me about those days where you were like I can't give a fuck about this. Like I just like, man, I'm gonna go to McDonald's today. Like, you talk to me about those days, you know? Because only really you and, like you said, the people around you know those days, you know? Yeah. Like the days that, like, um, like you know, when you just wanted to give up and stuff like that. Because I assume it wasn't, it wasn't easy, you know, to just, to just, to just get up and go. People always say that's the hardest thing, right? To start. Yeah. So. Talk to me about those the off days, the days where you were like, "Oh man, I can't I... do this." <laughs> yeah, days, yeah. yeah, bad days are like always there. Um, when mm-hmm. I was plus size before, I I I think I went through like a really tough time mentally as well. So yeah. I fell into depression. I was diagnosed, <laughs> and I went. I ended up on in self harming, and you know, just just so much of things happening, and I think like. There are days where I just carried all of those forward with me, and it became like sort of emotional baggage. And until until today, I think I I do carry a lot of that weight until today. It's just that maybe it's just not surfaced yet entirely. But I know that whatever I felt back then are things I still feel until today, especially when there's things that you know trigger something. And bad days back then were just like. Bad, like it was just really tough. I I think that I I hit rock bottom like so many times throughout this process, and to stand to get back up from rock bottom was not easy. But my dad was like my biggest support system, and whenever I felt like really miserable and everything, I used to just go and talk to him, because he's like the most supportive one in the family compared to my mom, and he used to always encourage and motivate me back, and he always used to tell me. Like remind yourself why you started this. You know, this is not a reason for you to give up and stop halfway. So, I I guess with him always there motivating me and music as well kind of played such a big role in my life. Um, my dad was a very music guy, so he introduced me to lots and lots of like different stuff ever since I was growing up. And okay. because of him, I I dived into music as well, and there's there's just so much of music that I really enjoy listening to. So many different genres as well. 
that really helped me out during my down days, especially Sick. when I was going through like a really rough time with my own self, with my own thoughts, with overthinking. There were times yeah, where like, definitely. yeah, there were times where I just like, you know, look in the mirror and I just don't like what I see and I want to do mm. better. And of course, there was a point where I, I hit plateau as well. And it was really difficult because I just didn't know what was happening. Like I was really young, mm. and so I was very confused. Yeah, of course. And of course. Yeah. everything that I got to know was from the internet as well. So if I have a question, I just like Google it up and I research and research and research because I don't have like a personal trainer or anything. That was just me. And whatever else that my dad can help me to do, normally he would do. Like all the cooking in the house, preparing meals according to what I want is normally what he does. So it was just like teamwork between both of us going on. La. And okay. truth be told, right, thinking about it, um, even after my weight loss, I kind of felt very unhappy because together with weight loss, like he said, it was a, tram- it was a really fast um, journey, right? Like it, it was yeah. within six months to a year. And together with that came a lot of additional, uh, I wouldn't call it problems, la, but for example, like there were tons of stretch marks. That was one thing. And these were things okay. that I never had when I was plus size or maybe it was really minimal compared to after I lost weight. Yeah. And excess skin was crazy. I okay. had, I until today, I have tons of excess skin, like loose hanging skin after weight loss. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing I can do about it except surgery. I have spoken okay. to like so many people who who personal train and they all say that it's impossible to remove it. Like you can work out as much as you want, carry as much weight yeah. as you want, it's still going to be there. So okay. that really made me very like sad at some point because I just felt like, mm-hmm. oh man, you know, like I was plus size and I lost weight because I want to look good. And then like I'm unhappy with what I see in the mirror because of all this additional stuff that came after I lost weight. And it mm-hmm. feels like I'm back to being like square one, right? I'm struggling with myself again. But later on, I just realized that it, it's a common human thing to have all this <laughs> as, I, as I matured and grew up. And all of these are not flaws. But of course, in the industry that I'm in right now, which is like the modeling industry, it's really tough to break all of this because sometimes you just want perfect looking bodies. Yeah, and- they are standards, right? They have that really unrealistic, like yep. you know they have those standards yeah then that is what i'm trying to break so much now in the mm-hmm. industry because i have my story and i think that when my story went out like went viral a lot of people were inspired by it and that is something that i really want to continue doing for a very very long yep. time and so many people told me that i won't last in the industry because like my body is not perfect and of course, all the comparisons happen. And this was all during like days when I was competing in pageants. So yeah. the pageant industry can be a very cruel industry. And yeah. things are very tough inside there. And when I dived in without knowing what I was getting myself into, I think that that really was a, was like much like culture shock. Like, <laughs> yeah. And... It was just so much more hurt lah, to be inside there when people are just like, you know, insulting your body and you open over it. Although you have like strong reasons for as to why your body looks that way. And it's all like yeah. because of hard work. And exactly. uh, that's why I'm doing lah, you know. <laughs> okay, perfect. And I will say I'm very happy that you had such a good support system with your dad. 
and uh, you know, overall, like you were saying, he would cook you meals and all that. So that must have been very helpful for you, or like crucial for you almost. But if you could go back mm-hmm. yourself today and tell your younger self, fifteen years old, fifteen years old, if you could go and talk to that version of you, mm-hmm. you know, what what would you tell her? What would you tell her? Just what you know now, like what would you tell her if you had like four minutes, three four minutes to tell her? What would you tell her? Wow. Um, I, I think the first thing that I'm, I'd probably do is just give a hug. <laughs> because it, is, it yeah, has that's, been... That's a, beautiful, that's a beautiful answer. A beautiful yeah, answer. because I, I'm really glad that there were so many times where I wanted to give up when I was younger. And yeah. I, I really felt like, like, you know, like I was helpless and I couldn't lean on anything and anybody. And of course, I just didn't yeah. want to like burden my parents and everything. So there were a lot of, of things course, I kept of myself. Yep. And she went through things alone a lot. And I just want to like tell her that, you know, honestly, it all happened for a reason, I believe. And if there's one thing, I believe it was if I never went through what I went through when I was younger, I wouldn't be as strong as I am today and I just want to thank her for holding on like thank you for holding Perfect. on going through all of that because I'm so glad that I'm still here today and there were just so many there were multiple attempts that, that happened with myself I landed in the Perfect. hospital so many times because I just didn't want to live anymore and I thought that oh you know my life is just gonna be this way forever it's nothing's gonna change you know and I'm glad I didn't, like, I'm glad all the attempts fail. I'm glad I still pushed on because today life just seems so much better. And of course, there are ups and downs, but there's just, there was just so much I experienced along the way, which I would have lost if I chose to end things before. I understand. And if you didn't do all this, you wouldn't be on this podcast with me. So yep. congratulations <laughs> to your younger self. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, so... Overall, you would say, like, this all happened for a reason, right? This all shaped you to be the person who you are today, right? Yeah. So, just how would you, how could you talk to me about how, you know, you transitioned into the world of pageantry? How did that come about? Because, like you said, um, losing all of this weight is one thing, but you know, having to overcome the bullies, having to overcome all that is such a huge crucial thing. So how what was your mindset like about uh entering the world of pageantry, which is a whole different ballgame because, you know, the Kendall Jenners, the Bella Hadith of people <laughs> go into that thing and still receive so much backlash and, you know, they are seen as like pristine like you know you get what I'm trying to say? Like Yeah, definitely you, like yeah, so how did you, like, I'm not going to say it's tougher or anything like that, but I'm going to say it's a different battle altogether. Lah. Like, you like, because everybody that goes for this thing is conventionally, nobody's ugly. The, the, the scrutiny, the judgment is all so prevalent. So how did you, because I'm sure you knew, or maybe you didn't know the full extent, but I'm sure you knew that yeah. there would be some, there would be some, uh, challenges going through it. So just talk to me about how that came about. Okay, so 
I never thought about, I honestly never knew that I would ever be a model one day. Um, I never wanted to be one as well, but I used to admire them a lot growing up, especially like Victoria's Secret models and stuff. And the life always looked fun, you know. So one day after my whole weight loss thingy, I had a senior of mine from school come up to me and she told me that she was interested to have me model one of her clothes. And I... I honestly, I didn't know what to do when she said that to me because it was something so new to me and I wasn't sure if I should like accept it or not. And I didn't know a thing, you know, so it was very shady and I spoke to my dad about it and my dad said, oh, okay, I think you should go and try it. Something different. It's a new experience. So I said, okay. And it was a very basic photo shoot. It was nothing fancy, but it definitely gave me a little insight on what um, posing was and, you know, like all the basic, Mm, basic stuff. So... That was how I got in. Like, my first ever photo shoot was from her clothing line. And later on, I came across this advertisement on Facebook saying, uh, do you want to join this pageant called Miss and Mrs. Noble Queen Asia? That was the first ever pageant I joined. And I thought, okay, why not? Let's just give it a try without even knowing what it was. And then I got selected. So I went for the audition and I got selected. And unfortunately, at that time, it was majority of the participants there were Chinese girls and I was one of the only Indian girls there together with another Indian friend of mine. So it was very, very like stressful, you know, and all the girls had their own clique. So both of us used to just be together all the time because we didn't know how to mingle properly and she was also very new to this. So we were both newbies and I could see that the rest of them had experiences and they knew what they were doing. And when it comes to pageantry, one thing is they never teach you things. For example, like if you were to go to another contestant and ask her like, hey, can you like, you know, teach me this and that? It's very rare. Yeah. Yeah. It's very rare that they would actually teach you because it's a competition, right? Like why would they give away all their secrets? And we we were the ones who went in thinking much, um, oh, you know, everyone's going to be nice to you and everyone's going to help you out. But oh my God, no such thing happened. And I am a sneaker person. I don't wear heels because I'm really tall. I'm 180 centimeters tall without, um, like, barefooted. I'm pretty sure it's all me, so that's nice. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, to wear heels, for me, seemed like an inconvenience before. Like, Mm. I'm so tall, so why do I need heels, right? But in pageantry, no matter how tall you are, you have to wear heels and you have to be above 3 cm to 4 cm. So I was having such a tough time trying to balance myself and, you know, like to teach myself how to catwalk. Oh my God, like until today, my catwalk is awful because <laughs> I really, it, I really can't use now. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. Like stability is just so difficult. And um, I did, I fortunately managed to win Miss Popularity then for the pageant. And um, I got into top seven and that was it. So it was very tough because all the judges were really criticizing me. Like I had really, really mean questions thrown to me. And some of them were talking about my body and the way it looked. And of course, like I have tattoos as well. And my first tattoo was when I was 17 years old. So before I even knew I was going to like join pageants and stuff. So it was there and I couldn't do anything about it. And I didn't want to remove it as well. So that was also another factor where they pointed out a lot on besides my body. And from there, I took all the knowledge, whatever I learned from there. And I joined my second pageant, which was 
Miss Lango uh, 2016. And I entered in as a wildcard. So it was the same thing. I came across it on Facebook and I registered for it. And I got through. And um, somehow, I, I don't know how, but I won the crown. That was my first ever crown as Miss Lango Earth. And I was really shocked. Thank you. It's been so long. It's 2016. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was my stepping stone, I'd say. Because right after mm-hmm. that, my manager posted my whole weight loss story thing online. And it just blew up unexpectedly. And it was just everywhere at some point. And I was so young and I just didn't know how to handle all of what was coming, like, you know. So I felt very afraid at some point because I didn't know what was going on. Like radio stations were calling, TV, TVs, um, like Malaysia Harini, Manita Harini. All, all these people wanted to call me for interviews and I had a competition that was coming up. So that was very stressful, learning how to manage in between all of these. And I was definitely not prepared for this particular competition because... I didn't know how big of a competition this was. I just thought this was going to be another like, you know, minor pageant. But it turned out yeah. to be like a world stage pageant, which I didn't know of. And suddenly all eyes were on me that particular year because I became viral. So everyone was just watching me and waiting to see what I do. Mm-hmm. And that was equally as pressureful. The girls were not nice to me in the pageant. I'm going to be very honest. And I went through a lot of bullying there. Um, a lot of stuff happened. I wanted to back out at some point because I just felt like I was being, de- I, was, I was falling back into depression again. And that's the last thing I wanted. But yeah. they told me that they would have to take back my crown if I were to do that. And I obviously worked hard for the crown and didn't want to lose it. So I told myself, okay, you know what? It's okay. Let's just go through this, just bat through everything and let's just finish this thing. And that's exactly what I did. And fortunately, I also managed to get a placing, which was number four for, for like the national stage that year. And that was just a simple like um, rundown of just how I got into pageantry. And I think that pageants, pageants play an important role when it comes to a stepping stone into the industry. Like a lot of people actually make it big in the industry by pageants first. And of course, there are like big pageants like Miss Universe, Miss World. These are the top two pageants. And it's a great, great platform, I'd say. It's just that sometimes a lot of young girls enter pageants without knowing a thing and without knowing that there's a lot of things that go... The underworld of pageantry, yeah. Yes. And that tends to like break them apart. Because I have students of mine that come for my catwalk classes and stuff. And they are super interested in joining like Miss Universe, Miss World. And I always tell them, please be prepared mentally for this because if you're not prepared for the backlash you're going to get or the criticism you're going to get, it's going to take a toll. And they think that they are prepared until they go through it and then they come back and tell me that they went through a really horrible time. And some of them even resorted to like wanting to take their lives as well. And I think that's just how much of, of a thing beauty standards in society a la, you know it's really sad to see this right understand so there's a lot i mean i don't know anything about all this obviously um Mm -hmm. and but i feel like i'm kind of aware enough to know that there's obviously so much uh so much uh pageant goes through as you are saying and i'm saying it now and it's you know it's opening my eyes even more to this uh, situation, but 
do you actually enjoy pageantry? I mean, I'm sure you do, but I feel like the moment you don't enjoy it, that's when it's like the whole what is this, what am I even doing this for goes out the window. So yeah. when you were going through, like, maybe there were days where you had to push it, like, oh, man, I will quit today, but I'm a tough person, so let's, let's let's go. But despite all this, is pageantry something you genuinely enjoy? Because you, you were saying how uh, it started out just as, the the first the first the first stone was uh modeling for a clothing line right so mm-hmm. you actually enjoy uh getting in front of the camera putting yourself on 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 for basically the entire world to see you know, like is this something you can deep down in yourself like I actually do enjoy this it's just all the BS comes with it like, you know yeah like if you ask me right I think. Mm-hmm. When it comes to pageantry, there were some parts of it that I enjoyed and some parts of it that I didn't. I think the parts of it that I enjoyed was more of the experience and, of course, learning new things. In every different pageant, teaches you new things every time. And it's a great place to meet people, to network, um, to gain a little bit of confidence, to brush up on your catwalk. But the downsides of it are, of course, a lot of... um, criticism of a, a lot of politics inner politics that happens and and, mm-hmm. and at some point i just realized that that is not the the life that i want la you know in the end of the day mm-hmm. i just want to be at peace and having my my i really had like my share of pageantry and i think that at some point i just told myself that enough was enough la you know because if it's anything i just want to make a mark in pageantry and remind women that your bodies shouldn't matter in pageantry. And what matters is you as a human being, you as a person and what you bring to the table and what you want to stand for and advocate for. Because pageants are supposed to be a platform for women to speak about many different things. And when they categorize pageants in such a way where they say that, oh, you need to have like the perfect face or you need to have like the perfect body. So that if that defines what pageants is, then... How is it a platform for women if you're going to to like categorize them? Might, such yeah, way? exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, really sad. Yeah, I understand. So that is like the cons, yeah. And I think that for me, what I really enjoy is more than more than pageants. I really like exploring in photo shoots. I'm more of a photo shoot person, okay. and photo shoots help me so much to know my angles, to like build confidence and. Mm-hmm. It really, really has helped me build confidence more than anything else. Especially when your body, when you know yourself that you don't have like the typical normal body that other people have. Because if you, if I were to like undress myself, that, that would be like tons of like flaws, what people would call as flaws on my body. And it would be definitely compared to like a more typical model's body, you know. So... Putting it out there and like discovering myself and my body and starting to fall in love with myself, I think through photo shoots is something that I really like and it really helps boost my self esteem and confidence, love. Perfect. Okay, so that's perfect because uh, I have like little baby experiences, really minor ones in photo shoots, and just from the experiences I've had, because I'm sure there are like bad sides to it also, but. I feel like it's a very positive environment. I feel like everybody involved in photo shoot uh, is usually very encouraging, right? Yeah. Very yeah. 
very nice, very welcoming, very warm because I've been to like first time, two time, like oh, I don't know what the fuck am I doing? But, like, but it's like, oh yeah, like the photographer is the one doing the poses and just do what I'm doing, things like that, you know. So yeah, like, I feel like it is a very, it is a very welcoming uh, environment. And also, you said that uh, you just wanted to make your mark in uh, pageantry, and I feel like you definitely have because if you Google Miss Lango Earth without the year or anything, the only thing that comes out is you. So I mean, <laughs> you know, that's 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 definitely worth something. But I uh, thank you for taking me through like just your whole experience up until this point. But you know, as we're coming to a close now, I want to know what's next for Joanna. What what one year plan? What's the five year plan? What just to to take it back to what I was saying? You know, model, actor, content creator, teacher, like, you know, X Y Z, all all of their books. You know, it seems like what else is there? What other limits are you trying to push yourself to? So I just want to know if you wouldn't mind telling me what is what is next for you. Like what what well, do you want to do? Anything you can tell me, of course. What is next? Okay, um, I think I'm planning to venture a little bit more into acting. I might have gotten this opportunity from India. And it's happening soon, so it's for a movie, and um, I'm really hoping that something kickstarts from that because this would be the first time I'm doing something international for a movie, and I've always wanted to travel to the U.S. and I think that there are a lot of opportunities over there. Hollywood has always been my dream, and that is something that I'm thinking of pursuing maybe the end of this year or maybe next year it's just that it takes a lot of planning before you hit Always over there sure. yeah and i just want to like have a solid plan in hand before leaving obviously i'll definitely still be malaysian it's just that i'm trying to seek opportunities around the world where i can experience different things mm-hmm. and um i also did recently search up some programs in naifa so Naifa is New York Film School and I might continue my studies there. So I, I'm actually thinking about a lot of different things and okay. I'm trying to see which one would align with what I want to do better. Of course, when it comes to acting, you need to know certain techniques and how-tos and stuff like that because I'm still pretty much new when it comes to acting. And I think yeah. I'm very rusty because the only thing I've acted in is like music videos and it's really simple stuff. It's not like acting, acting, you know. And I would definitely want to venture into that and see where that takes me. Because my dad always used to, um, he used to tell me that I, he thinks that I'll be a really good Marvel character or DC character someday. He, I don't know okay. why. He always, yeah, he always just used to say that. He said, especially with the Wonder Woman character, because I cosplay her as well. Mm. And a lot of people seem to think that maybe I should give it a shot, try out for different castings overseas. And I really want to do so, inspired by Michelle Yeoh herself. <laughs> of course, I understand. If she can do it, yeah, I think all of us actually. Yeah, I, I feel like um, based off your own experience alone, like you don't need me, like who the fuck am I to be telling you this, but I feel like there's, like, all it takes is the first step, you know? Yeah. Like, you went from, hey, can you model this clothes and, you know, going on a world stage. So, so, like, I feel like you already know this, but just for the listener, yeah. I feel like all you need is just that first 
set to really everybody they know nobody just comes out the womb like an an actress uh, ready to go actress or anything like that. So there is no dream like there's no there's not there's nothing too ridiculous to be saying like oh I want to be a be actress or I want to this or that this or that. So I'm, I'm pretty sure you know that, but I'm just I guess like you can say I'm telling myself at the same time it's because yeah. everybody starts in some manner it all starts with a dream and like it sounds possibly say but at the same time it's like it's it's only crazy until you do it you know so yes like it's it's it, that it's it's to me it's so important for me to hear you say that like i want to be in the mc and all that because it's like, like it's so it's, it's so it's so like damn she's really aiming she's really aiming things for herself so that's really encouraging for me yes. to share, like, in, like it's inspiring that's what i'm trying to say it's inspiring so you know thank you and it's, it's not like i mean i i like i don't know too much about anything but it's me it doesn't sound like ridiculous at all you know like maybe before you had some apprehensions about saying it out loud or like people are just gonna but people are always gonna say what say but the other day i mean you are taking steps to achieve these things and honestly speaking like if you if you told me like in two years time then Joanna Joe is in Miss Marvel or something like that <laughs> I hope I believe that like damn and it would obviously be like yeah I had Miss Marvel on my fucking show so you know that I'm I'm obviously I feel like everybody is reading for you I think uh, more majority of people are reading for you but again just as we're coming down to a close this now this is a bit of a grim question but if you died tomorrow, if you died mm-hmm. today, right? Let's say it's gone mm-hmm. at uh, you know, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven years old. Would you say, then, mm-hmm. you know what? I gave everything I had, like in like no regrets, like you know, obviously dying at this age is like unexpected. So you can't be like, oh, I wish I, I wish I could have had like five kids at this point. You're like. You're so young, so I thought it's unrealistic to have those expectations. So just everything up until this point, can yeah. you say, you know, I gave everything I had, I gave everything to say, I changed my life, you know, or are you still on the on on the side of like, you know, no, you know what? There are actually things, there are actually some more things that I wanted to do. So talk to me about this, you know, if you die today, like if you don't mind. Wow. Um. Honestly, I. I I would be really upset if I died today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I would be too. Yeah, I wasn't expecting you to be like that. It's my um, time, but no, I get it. Yeah. But touch wood, lah. I hope I don't die. But if I do, <laughs> I think um, I still I think I would not be satisfied because like there's just uh, yeah, so much more I want to do, and I know that I can do as well. So I really, really want to do, but until today, if like no choice, no choice, die lah. I think I've done some some pretty incredible things. I'm very proud of, of myself, lah. Yeah. <laughs> so as you, as as you should be. Yeah, I think like all of us, somehow in our own parts, are doing our very best to strive each day. And mm-hmm. some people are lucky enough to follow their passion, while some people are not. And mm-hmm. it'll come to a point in life where you you just have to make. A choice, if you want to just continue in the unhappy because you're not doing something you love, or 
you're just going to be happy doing the things you love and die happy mm-hmm. doing it even if it's an accidental death ka apa but throughout you know that you have done things so okay. yeah i think that i'll be really unhappy lah to be honest but if i do die i know yeah, that yeah there, there, there are no right answers to this question I just yeah <laughs> i if i die i know i made a mark and i'm happy lah that's just it lah okay. perfect 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 i just want to say thank you again for you know letting us i mean i feel like it's just me and whoever's going to listen to this but <laughs> letting us into the life story i mean i i said before you probably said this story your story 100 times 200 times 1000 times but i feel like it's still very very like how do i say this um uh, you know you're putting yourself out there it's until all this a vulnerable position because you're giving people ammo to use against you so it's still very admirable it's still very brave to come out tell people like like at no at no cost to really just let people in and just you know and you're helping so many people with their own problems you know there are obviously more things that there's just not enough time for me to talk about but you know i would say out of everything i you don't have to be putting a story out there you know like it's, it's like you can just do all these things and like yep i did it and everybody's gonna talk me through it but to be so raw about it like be so transparent about it it's very very respectful and i honestly thank, thank you. you because you know i assume like it's just because you do talk about it doesn't mean it's like oh you know i'm like you want to hear about the time i was bullied you know so i would <laughs> like to thank you again for you know, letting us in on your life story and uh the last question before ending again this is i had a warm-up question and i think question to start now hopefully i'll leave the question just to close down but okay uh, joanna tv show are you currently watching nowadays what are you doing nowadays what what's on your netflix you know what 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 are you what's on what's on your rotation wow okay i just um finished watching this korean drama called celebrity and it was such an eye opener oh my god when i when i watched it i could relate to it so much so if you are ever like in the industry especially the entertainment one i think it's a must watch because it it really shows the ugly side of the industry and that's actually yeah. the first ever korean k drama thing that i watched i don't normally watch korean stuff but this was really an eye opener and now currently after finishing that i'm watching the watcher <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I I I I heard about the the true story about it. I haven't watched the, the show. Yeah, it's about, it's so it's story, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, I haven't finished it. I'm like, I think in the second or third episode, but it's it's so uncomfortable to watch that I can't believe yeah, it's yeah. like based on a true story. Easy. Yeah, yeah, it's very easy. You think I'm yeah. like, yeah, understand, <laughs> understand. Like, yeah, uh, I don't. Do you know about the case? uh like before you watched it or were you like you watched it and like, oh now I'm I'm finding out I I think I just like tried scheming across I I'm a really I'm a horror person like I I really like horror movies and like gore and stuff okay. like that so I just went on Netflix to see what's in the horror and gore section and this was there Okay I understand because I wanted yeah, to ask you something it. about it but it looks like it might be a spoiler Alama you know okay what? is this like later uh, on you... into the film ka <laughs> I know just because again I don't know like how they phrase the how they script this show but in real life and 
I, I mean, this is not that big of a deal, right? but in, in real life, there were a lot of like uh, chapters and like you know, theories about how the, the residents themselves, I don't know what they're called, but they are the ones that are actually like doing it to themselves. Okay. So do you do you think that that's what do you think that that's what the the case is like? The, all these letters in the in the mailbox and all that. They actually they are the ones that are like self sabotaging themselves. I don't what? know why they did like I don't remember what the there was like solid a solid enough uh there was a solid enough like stand for that theory to possibly be true. But I just wanted to know like do you think that's at all possible? Just based on what oh. you've seen so far from the show. Wow, okay. <laughs> wow, okay. Um, Where I've watched up to until is literally until the part where they get they keep getting like the second and third letters and they're still trying okay. to figure out like who is sending oh, the letters okay. to them. Yes. So that's but if they're self-sabotaging, <laughs> I really don't know, honestly. Okay, so don't worry. Just finish the show and uh, tell me about that when you get there. I'm very sorry if I spoiled anything. But okay. you know, just under just under an hour now, so I feel like that is the perfect time to end it. I told you before we recorded, I was like, let's hope this is safe, isn't it? But honestly speaking, I feel like with a story like this, with such a with a person like you, I feel like I could just go on and on. Like I said, like I felt like yeah, I felt like there was so many things I wanna know and put on this podcast but then might go on to another hour another hour and not anybody yeah. that large. So you know, maybe next time when you are in, you know, Miss Marvel three. Hopefully, you hopefully, remember, hopefully you remember to come back on this podcast. But Ms. I feel, Joanna I feel. Joseph, I want to thank you so much again. Thank you so much for joining this and thank you for having me. Your story. Thank you very much, and I hope to see you in the big screen and back on this podcast. Thank you for having me. I had so much fun talking to you.